What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Oh, man, nothing ever to watch. Okay. All these channels. What the hell? Oh man, TV went out. Uh, go check the internet. Man. What was that? Oh man, the power went out. Let me go check this out. that noise somewhere behind here hello 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 oh my god Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds with your host, Sean Chris. And today, I have a special guest riding along with me. A researcher, investigator, a writer at Paranormality Magazine, author of Paranormal Expeditions, Hunt for the Friendship, and a Place Between Time and Space. But most of all... We got Chaz of the Dead, the Ghostbuster in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Best intro I've ever gotten. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> What's up with you, Chaz, man? How's everything been? Uh, you know, another day in paradise. No, no complaints. <laughs> For the people that might not know where you're at, where they can contact you, let everybody know where they can find the books, where they can find your articles, where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on most of the social medias at Chaz of the Dead, um, uh, chazofthedead.com to find my podcast appearances, articles, and books and stuff. But if you want to skip right to the articles, check out paranormalitymag.com. That's where I do most of my writing these days. Got a great team of writers, researchers over there covering everything from uh, UFOs to cryptids to ghosts and all the weird people in between that make it happen. So check that stuff out. Definitely, definitely. 
Well, I think uh, you know how to follow us. You can follow us at Kill the Mockingbirds Podcast on Instagram or just go to killthemockingbirds.com where you can find everything right there. And I think we should just get uh, right into the show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So we were already talking about some some weird, spooky stuff and a little, a little conspiratorial off the bat. Um, but, you know, we were doing... We're, we're focusing on some Halloween stuff for this episode. Getting real creepy with it. Happy spooky season. Halloween um, weekend, baby. You know what I mean? That's the party time where Halloween everybody's going weekend, out. Weekend, baby. You know what I mean? That's raining, the party time where everybody's going out. No matter what. It's always raining, but everybody's still in their costumes. <laughs> Absolutely. No matter what. <laughs> a, a rocking Tuesday night it will be this uh, this year. <laughs> I think it's due back to loop around soon for, for weekend time, but uh, a couple of years. Uh, but yeah, no, I think uh, the season for ghost stories. So, you know, I think uh, it's good to get in and, and get some ghosty stuff. You know, a lot of these days I talk about a lot of UFOs because that's what's in the news. That's what's hot. Um, but my origins, hence Chaz the Dead, is uh, ghost hunting. I definitely in my teens was your like traditional ghost hunter kind of, you know, wear some black, go out and talk to voice recorders at graveyards type guys. So um, that, that, that was the roots of getting into the, the unexplained. And um, I still have a fondness for a good ghost story. Um, so, yeah, I, and there's some I've uh, personally experienced and then some I've investigated on the side and those kind of things. So, yeah, I'm excited to get into. What's your some, thoughts some on ghosts stuff. in general? Like as far as like when people, you know, angels, and I'm going to mix in demons and ghosts, right? Because there's kind of a different thought process. There's some people that are more heavily religious that believe angels and demons. And then there's people that may be agnostic or atheists or whatever, maybe Satanists. Who, who knows? Like whatever their different uh, thought processes, which is not usually a major religion. If it's a major religion like Judaism or Muslim or Christianity, it's usually this angel demon. What are your thoughts on what ghosts could possibly be? <laughs> tough question because uh, you're gonna have a lot of ghost hunters tune out after <laughs> i say this it's controversial here uh but i do tend to think that most ghostly phenomenon uh especially when it comes to ghost hunting and that kind of you know activity is more tupa based in nature more thought form um egregore whatever your favorite buzzword for that is um but i do i think most of this phenomenon that people are actively experiencing in haunted locations and things like that are side effects of a collective unconscious a, a way of us perceiving weird anomalies in reality that are in a good part based in our own ESP and how we, how consciousness reacts with reality. Um, and you see this time and time again, I meet people all the time, traditional ghost hunters where they're like, look at all this evidence. And I'm like, <laughs> that kind of makes more sense. <laughs> There's a really good example um, from a conference. I went to Savannah, Georgia, which favorite haunted town in the world. Fight me about it. <laughs> People will dis disagree, but Savannah, Georgia, not a lot of great things going on in Georgia. Savannah, Georgia is the best, especially if you love ghost shit. Go check that out. Um, do some ghost tours and 
they do ghost hunts like every fucking night. You can like go and rent a theater. Great, man. Great stuff. Um, but uh, I met this group and they had been investigating this house for 10 years and hats off to them because that's the kind of dedicated, like consistent work. Um, but it was only like at the end of like years and years of um, slowly investigating. And by slowly investigating, they get some like, you know, classic yeah. ghost evidence which again tough to say if that's evidence or not um but you know you get your evps your light orbs or whatever but it all accumulated to what was their crowning piece of evidence and it was great evidence it was these um, balls at the top of the stairs being moved on their own and pushed down the stairs great stuff like it was clearly on its own and they had hours of footage proving that, you know, and evidence proving it was level. There was nothing to do it whatsoever. But this was after years of them, you know, putting this energy into it, this focus into it. And they created this story. They created this. They discovered that the entities were these two young girls and that they had this background. And even though the historical data didn't really line up with that, they were sure of it through this evidence that they had collected over years and years and years. And what they accomplished was essentially what we were doing back in the 1800s in the seance chambers. You know yes. what I mean? Like they, they did manifest, I believe, truly paranormal phenomenon, but through their own admission, there's no evidence that there were like two little ghost girls who died on this property. There's no nothing to back up their thesis other than a ball moving after they were really focused on making the ball move. And so that example kind of gives you an idea of how I approach the ghost phenomenon at this stage in, in my life and more research. more of a critical thinking uh, mindset. Like I, I think that's important though. That's like what I've been promoting since I started all this, like, it's not about being right, you know, because we don't know all the answers. We're trying to figure out what is, and we're not trying, it's not like math where we're like, man, I need to know mm -hmm. five plus five equals this. No, it's more of like, we're curious in our mind is like, well, what are these phenomenons? What are these things people are talking about, whether it's Bigfoot, aliens or whatever. It's it's these phenomenons and oh, yeah. there's got to be a discussion, not just like it has to be your way, whether it's it has to be angels and demons. It has to be a, mm -hmm. a kid or a man died. You know what I mean? It has to be an alternate mm -hmm. uh, dimension. It, it could be any of those. It could be all of them. It could be none of them. It could be just manifestation. If you're not open to all those thoughts, right. then it's like, well, what are we really like discussing then? It's just like you want to be right. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, again, in the paranormal, we have a love-hate relationship with quote-unquote science. <laughs> We were talking about that earlier. <laughs> the, the relationships mostly yeah. hate, uh, <laughs> but there's some love there if it correlates every once in a while. Um, but the uh, concept of of like a a ghost and a haunting, again, when it comes to you're right, Bigfoot and these things, there are there is the common aspect is the observer right there's a person and a lot of these times they're out there looking for it not always <laughs> but most of the bigfoot reports and ghost reports come from people who are looking for some spooky shit 
Um, UFOs are where it gets a little weird and the, the statistics starts to, to dabble. We might touch on that later. Um, but when it comes to this, this observer effect, um, you know, uh, and the, this idea that these entities are mostly generated from our perception, there's been scientific research into it. Um, and again, that is also going to be debated because I, you know, I'm going to say it, the Philip experiment and people are going to be like, oh, it's been debunked, but it's also been confirmed by people in Australia and New Zealand. So again, it's been debunked. It's been confirmed. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I think uh, Jeffrey Mishlove actually has an excellent um, portion on this whole concept in his book, the uh, encyclopedia of consciousness, which I'm sure is crazy expensive on Amazon, but buy it, <laughs> get a copy of it, download it, and print it out, whatever you need to do. Um, he's a scientist. He won't mind. Uh, <laughs> because it is, it's a great resource to have. If Go you're look on Reddit or something. I'm sure someone has it, uh, the PDF. Mate. <laughs> I'm sure it's been stolen. It's literally, it's like an encyclopedia. It's like a textbook. It's not like casual fun reading. I've got plenty of those recommendations too, but this one is, definitely a resource you should read it to cover to cover it's a challenge but it's a great resource just to have if you're interested in any of these side subjects because he'll get into it um but when he gets into the the subject of esp research because we're all very aware i actually went to a used book sale today 10 cents a book and picked up a bunch of books from the 70s on ESP and the psychic powers and unlock your psychic potential because this was all the rage back then because there were solid academic studies going into it. Um, and so to boil it down again, there's a lot of science and jibber jabber that I'm going to dumb down and probably make mistakes along <laughs> the way. Scientists cut me a break. All right. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Um, but to boil it down, essentially, the idea, well, the best example, I should say, was the random number generators. And this would essentially have a person, an ESP person, sitting there. And it would be random people. They wouldn't go for psychics. They were just testing if humans had any kind of ESP ability. They would sit in front of a random generator, and you would think, even, 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 and... As long as you were really focused on, like, getting an even number, it showed that statistically you would get, like, 11% higher chance of getting You just an described even, my which... method of roulette. <laughs> there you go, man. And does it work? It seems like it sometimes. And then when I don't win, when so I don't win, I'm just like, I wasn't focusing good enough. Like, <laughs> well, maybe this is a plant. This information is planned from Big Casino. <laughs> and don't forget to go to uh, don't forget to go to DraftKings uh, and with your uh, promo code. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. $100 of free bets. Use Coach Chaz. Chaz is the dead. <laughs> even, 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 even. <laughs> um, but no, they would show this this 11%. And I do. I call it the 11% principle. Because, again, sig definitely significantly higher than chance, right? Like, that's noteworthy. It really is. Um, but also, it's not like, again not going to work all the time. There's still a good 40% chance you're going to lose whatever. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. 
It's not a big, it's not huge. You know what I mean? And it kind of goes into this idea of like, you know, ancient lore, like when they invaded Troy and the one general king dude sacrificed his daughter to ensure safe travel to Troy and that the battle would be theirs or whatever. Does that shit work? 11%? (laughs) You know? When you're talking about something like a battle, 11% is pretty significant. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I do, I think that principle does lay, you know, it it has that effect. Definitely affects our reality. Um, But the problem with ESP research, the reason why it didn't continue, is that when skeptical scientists stepped in, they were like, all right, we got to disprove this. This is all nonsense. Clearly, these guys are, are faking it. And they would have that person sit there and go even, 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 even. They started to get odd numbers at 11% more likelihood. And so the conclusion was that the researchers, whether they were skeptical or not skeptical, after repeating this dozens and dozens of times, was that the researchers obviously had some latent ESP effect that was affecting the experiment as well. It wasn't just the participants sitting in a room. And they even tried to do this by putting the scientists in different buildings, and they eventually put them in different states (laughs) to try to, like, separate it. But if you designed the experiment and you were trying to prove it or disprove it, it would affect the experiment. And it is the same kind of conundrum they have currently with quantum physics. When we we know these particles don't physically exist unless they're viewed as viewers, how do you study something like that? Well, you're kind of fucked. You know, there's no there's no control test. You can't have a control. And that was the conclusion with ESP is that there is no control. So there is no way to know how effective this is. I, I like to point in 11 percent because again makes it simpler for me to log away but again technically there's no way to know what that actual effect is because anytime someone conducts that experiment they're affecting so if i were to do it fuck it we might even get 20 because i really want to believe it you know what i mean yeah yeah well it's kind of like the hundred monkey theory a little bit like you know that that whole a new behavior or ideas introduced, or even just like we notice it by being around people and picking up their habits, picking up the way they speak, their lingo. If you go to Mexico for a year, you're going to get some of that accent. If you go to another state at a young age, and now sometimes as you're older, but you see people changing it. And I feel like the same thing with energy, right? You know, like if you go into work or you go into a place and everybody's just like, you know, groggy and you're like, man, it could rub off on you. Now you can be, I think if you're conscious of it, you can affect it differently. But when you're not conscious of it, you will just fall into that group and you will be angry and you will be miserable. But I also believe that there is, doesn't always have to be a lot of people, but it depends on their awareness of their thoughts and their consciousness. I think. Oh, yeah. And when you put a couple of people that are positive, most of the time you're going to get more, they're going <clears> to, <throat> they're going to keep pushing and amping and be like, like, that's why I always tell people, like if we go to a party or a bar, I'm like, nothing's going to happen tonight. And it's not that I'm tough guy or like, I'm going to beat everybody up or anything. I'm like, nothing's going to happen because I'm not going to let it happen. Like as far as like, I'm going to put yeah, out good exactly. energy, bro. Like I'm going to be talking to everybody, having a good time. They're not going to want to fight me. Cause they're like, no nah, man, you mm-hmm. need that guy. Um, He's a cool guy, man. Like, you know what I mean? You, 
You got to do it that way. That's the my well. The rule is you got to be befriend the bouncer and befriend the bartender. Oh yeah. Rule of thumb. <laughs> That's uh, over. If, never been to the bar. Mm-hmm. Go befriend because if something does happen, hey, the the bouncer's like, man, I like that. Uh, guy, man. Bails gonna... <laughs> you out. Yeah, exactly. No, be nice yeah. to everybody. The one exception being if they're wearing the college football jersey of the opposing team. <laughs> be nice at it. Or especially oh, Ohio, Ohio State. State, especially Ohio, Ohio State. State. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ohio State. Hell yeah, that one's yeah. You can spit on those people. But yeah, no. And so that's actually that same principle is what I have been trying to reinterject into the ghost hunting community. One, because. You know, those guys, they take it too seriously. All right, relax. <laughs> okay. No one, uh, again, a couple people may have been killed by UFOs. There's definitely the potential there. Sasquatch, maybe even a couple people too. But in modern ghost hunting lore, the Conjuring movies, they're fake. That shit does not happen. <laughs> I wish it would happen. It would be yeah. way more exciting weekends. I'd have way more to write about. You would have read it in a book by now. If any kind of shit like that had happened to me, yeah. you would know all about it. <laughs> I've had some weird shit happen, there, but no, no red one's rum. flipping <laughs> the chair and spinning it 360. And yeah, yeah. no, and pea soup. No, no. It, it very rarely happens. And anyone who watches any kind of ghost hunting, whether it's YouTube or tv they know exactly what it's mountains out of molehills that's the whole thing someone might get a rash you were walking around an old abandoned building and you got a rash and they're like a demon scratch yeah. <laughs> okay okay sure yeah, guy. yeah yeah <laughs> or just like when you wake up with scratches on your face or something and then the logical thing is did yeah. you clip your nails uh were you moving a lot in your sleep like it's because like me and whether it's good or bad, I don't know. I always start with the simplest mm. thing. Like, I want to see, like, well, what's the simple answer, right? And if that doesn't su- suit me and I'm like, mm, it has to be simple oh, and logical, yeah. right, to break it down. And I'm like, maybe that's – this could be the possibility. I look at all of them and then start giving it percentages. Like, maybe this could have happened. Maybe this could have happened. I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket and be like, for sure it's this. I'll, I'll leave the door open for the possibility because I don't know. And like, I've seen some weird things. And then I all like in my, like I have all these little shadow guys, it seems like, you mm-hmm. know, that follow me. But then I'm like, is that my peripherals? Is that because I smoke <laughs> weed? Like, you know yes. what I'm saying? Or is it just something that I'm creating or is it something that's following me? But Either way, I've always said too, it's like also it, whether it's real or not real doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to show mm-hmm. it fear because if if it is real and I'm scared of it, that's only going to enable it to want to control me just like how government does. So I'm not going to oh, yeah. get involved with that whatsoever. I'm going to tell it. I don't care if it is an angel, a demon, uh, mm-hmm. a ghost, uh, a different dimension being I'm going to be like, I don't care, bro. I'm still living my life. <laughs> like I'm going to do what I got to do. It's not going to affect my day to day. But I think that some people get so invested in these topics, whether it be, you know, ghost hunting, UFOs, conspiracy, any conspiratorial uh, oh, yeah. category you want to throw at it. So many people are invested and rooted into it that they can only see one 
way. And sometimes when we challenge those thoughts of like, hey, this could be not what you think it is, or maybe you are Mm -hmm. manifesting it. Like, you know, maybe you're playing more of a role into it than you think. And that doesn't mean that it's discredited, that it's not real. It's just what you're presenting is not real. And well, and so manifestation, that part of ghost hunting, despite the math to prove it, it has absolutely been proven through theory. And the fact that if you don't believe in ghosts at all, not at all, there is 0% chance you're going to be possessed. That's just through the literature, through all of the evidence. If you're a Catholic schoolgirl, there's a pretty high chance you're going to get possessed. But if you have never been to church, you never watch scary movies, you don't believe in any kind of ghosts or whatever... The chance of you spontaneously being possessed are essentially zero. <laughs> and and the thing is, throughout history, we've all been uh, implanted. Even because you could say, "Well, people were watching movies in the 16, 1500s or a hundred, But you're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. but these stories and these mm-hmm. fables were were just as as effective yeah, as of a planting, yeah. and, they, and they're passed more. on." And so, absolutely. The, the and so. When you're doing any of these things, and for ghost hunting, I don't even bother like doing the like mental preparation. I know a lot of ghost hunters are like, you got to make sure what happens. And honestly, I get that. If this is what you do as your like meditation and like you're entering in a spiritual realm, absolutely. I do psychedelics enough <laughs> that <laughs> that's where <laughs> when I have to ground myself and get ready for that. Because again, the whole idea of of entities let's shift let's take the next step okay because there we've been talking manifestation is definitely a large part of it and again we talked about quantum physics the particle doesn't exist unless you observe it meaning the observer is really important but the particle is still an independent thing and so let's not throw any babies out with the bathwater and saying oh it's all manifested it's all projected whether it's ESP or just, you know, psychosis. <laughs> um, yeah. Because there is consistent anecdotal report of entities, whether you're encountering them through shamanic tradition, psychedelic experience, or ghost hunting, quote-unquote, seances. And that is actually my preferred term for ghost hunting, is I call them technological seances. Because once you start doing that, you liven up a little bit, you get a lot more activity going on. Um, It's true. (laughs) It's the same way they did it in the 1800s. Those seances were a party. It was supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? And only with this uh, evolution of fundamentalism has it become more of a dour, like, serious, like demons and unrestful spirits or whatever um anyways (laughs) the idea of which which could be a possibility possibility. like sure it could be a possibility but i'm like on the same like kind of spectrum that where i'm thinking like it's these things that like i'm not saying it's manifested but like you're you're interpreting Mm -hmm. it that way right like so it's going to be evil to you everything's going to be scary. So it's going to be scary. If you're approaching it as a like, Hey, what is this? This is a strange phenomenon. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. You're going to, you're going to look at it differently. And that's why I think, unfortunately with 
a lot of the stigma, not everybody, but a lot of the stigma with people that are heavily religious, they look at it as good mm-hmm. or bad. And that's where I think we fall bad. We fall victim to everything. That's even to geopolitical level. When we go good guy, bad guy, we got, we got to separate those. There's not good guy, bad guy, everything, whether it's an entity or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. like we don't know, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's good or yeah. bad. It's, it's just existing, there. Right. <laughs> like the, and it yeah. might, it's existence might be predatory. Doesn't mean it's evil, but it might be eating us. I don't think there's really any evidence to support that. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, again, we as reality generating mechanisms um, don't quite appreciate how bad that can go, whether it's through, you know, drugs or whatever. Look at an American street. You know what I'm talking about. you've you've seen them (laughs) i hang out with them they're fun people but in small doses (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but you've seen them and so again it is it's this really interesting dichotomy of where you know they can easily blame poor psychiatrics and we were talking about this before the show the skeptical explanation for like alien abduction is a combination of people wanting to be in a group and bad psychiatry slash hypnosis which hypnosis is a whole other thing it does fuck up an alien story you kind of lose all credibility once it enters into the thing because fucks with people's heads but that kind of ties back to our our root thing here is that these psychedelic experiences whether they are self-induced whether they're cultural like a ghost hunt or whether you're taking a fat tab and going to a fucking electric music festival (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) all of these things have a altering effect on the personal reality and so again who knows what kind of effects those have. And anyone who's taken psychedelics has seen some weird paranormal shit at some point or interacted with the so-called entities. And so again, entity, I think gives them a little too much credit because again, the skeptical explanation is that those are like, it's like the people you meet in your dreams. They're fabrications of the subconscious. Um, And I think that could be the case for a good portion of them. Um, Again, there's, it's hard to say, especially when you're in a psychedelic state. I've done it before. The notes you record doing those experiments aren't great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they, again, the present of entities is still there. What I prefer is the term of disincarnate information, and that's where it becomes paranormal, is when an entity says some shit that you didn't know. (laughs) And I'm not saying, like, drop some philosophical bombs on you or whatever. I'm saying is like, hey, man, there's like a hundred bucks under that floorboard. (laughs) And you fucking pull the floorboard up, and there's a hundred bucks from the fucking 1930s or whatever. (laughs) And you're like, well, fuck me, man. That is disincarnate information. And again, whether that has that information comes from an actual thinking, intelligent entity and being is still up for debate, which is why I don't like to use the term entity. It already gives them this kind of authority. But again, 
even from the even if you do want to take the like terrible frame of reference that these are demons or lowly spirits or whatever they're still lowly like all the points of their like schemes and games are to get to where we're at so we're better than them <laughs> and if you're again yeah whether any of this is true or not if you're going in with that psychology and that is how if i'm taking a heavy dose i take i meditate beforehand and i remind myself that you know, I'm a cosmic being. I'm not just a meat puppet here. This is a experience. Reality is is part of me, and I'm part of it. And we're having this dialogue, and we can't. I, I can't just be separated from it. I'm not at risk from it. We are in synchronous, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how I go at it. Take my fat tab <laughs> and blast off. Uh, but it's also the same approach you should take when it comes to to going at these ghost hunts. Because, again, the bulk of evidence is like, maybe I heard a word. Maybe. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, whatever. When back in the day, they used to get full on, they used to get disincarnate information. Um, and they used to get, you know, entities saying, hey there's a treasure buried at this place or hey you know mrs fucking johnson next door is fucking the barber or some shit and even in you know later poltergeist cases the more um bizarre ones in the uk you know the enfield um there's back earlier the fox sisters these entities the hallmark of them being like really intriguing is when they would start dropping that disincarnate information where they would start gossiping or telling things that the sisters would have no way of knowing the fucking kids in that house would have no they had no idea what the like political ramifications of the things they were saying when they were talking shit about the local cops or whatever you know and it was bizarre behavior i think um Jeff the Talking Mongoose, which is a famous case from the Isle of Man. I think it's going to be a Simon Pegg movie coming out pretty soon. Um, But it's this ridiculous, it's the same kind of poltergeist case. It has all the same knockings, wrappings, furniture stacking, like all the extreme, more extreme stuff. Um, But the entity that the family keeps seeing is a talking mongoose. It's not like a spooky black monk in robes or like a terrifying, you know, demon-esque entity. It's a talking mongoose and he's a little asshole. Like they know him as to be like particularly cheeky and kind of like to fuck around and shit like that. And um, he would, he would give them accurate information. But on one instance, he was like, all right, you guys got to go out right now. And go dig under this rock. It's like four miles from the house. It's in the middle of the big rock. And they got there and there was a big rock. And then he's like, if you dig six feet under there, there's a treasure chest. And they digged 10 feet <laughs> and there's nothing. And they came back and Jeff was like, you <laughs> fucking idiots. Like he roasted them for the next like day and a half. Like you idiots will believe anything I say. You guys are fucking morons. Uh, because he had give, gave them legit information in the past. And so it had this, this trickster-esque aspect. And so... There is now did 
where did that information come from? That's the question. And so, of course, the popular theory in ghost hunting is that those bits of information come from the dead. They come from the remnants, the spirit of the deceased person who did have that information. Again, there's not really any evidence <laughs> to back that up other than oral yeah. tradition. I mean, every society has their own form of ghosts or spirits. A lot of the spirits, though, do take a more, you know, bizarre and similar appearance, depending on their folklore to what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, this concept that it, it has to come from, you know, these dead people not necessarily true if there is a collective subconscious which has been demonstrated by esb experiments and things like that that there is some kind of neural network sharing information then what is there to say that that information can't exist solely within that neural network like for to put it in the, the simplest terms our brains are computer the internet is internet is not physically exists just in one computer. It's we tap into it, but you can still upload shit to the cloud, which is digitally stored on the internet. And so that digital, that disincarnate information could be just cloud information. It could be from a dead person, but it's just stored in the neural network. And then if you create, if you're ghost hunting, for long enough, or doing a seance for long enough, and you create a tulpa-esque entity, it might be able to tap into that disincarnate information. Which, again, goes back to what, you know, the earlier wizards and channelers and shamans were doing. They were, you know, talking to these entities to tap into that disincarnate information many times. Now, it's it's kind of like, you know, it's that Black Mirror episode where she uploads all her dead husband's memories to the sex doll. <laughs> now, is it still the dead husband? <laughs> I think the conclusion of the episode is no. <laughs> but um, it, it's that I think it might be through, again, it's hard to prove any of this as observers, as there's no... Uh, Control. There's no way that we can test it with a control. But through spiritual and anecdotal reports, it seems to be that might be the most likely thing occurring here. Is that we're creating these tulpas um, and that somehow they're tapping into to information, if they're good enough, <laughs> that is disincarnate. Now, again, I would say the bulk of tulpas, 95 plus percent of them, are probably just imaginary friends. You know what I mean? They don't tap into that uh, <laughs> disincarnate information source. And so, uh, again, though, there's not really any definitive way to say one way or another. Um, just enough to say that it's almost certainly not dead people because a lot of the times those quote-unquote dead people their information is bullshit. <laughs> How many times yeah. I've seen ghost hunters get EVPs, which again, the science there is suspect at best, um, or just 
various informations from psychics or whatever that turns out to just factually not have any basis to it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there was clearly a murder here. No, no murder there. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. Yeah, um, yeah. You can research that stuff that you can actually go through the files and see what happened in that area. And I think also people use that as an extension as well as knowing a horrific murder happened here or something uh, that a, a child drowned or something uh, substantial that, that is going to be an emotional heartstrings. And I think people harp and get stuck into the, and put their blinders on and don't want to look mm-hmm. into more things that it could possibly be because they feel like they've, it's reinforcing and validating the thoughts that they have already had. So they, it's easier to just, Hey man, I'm going to go with this flow. It's already, it's it's showing that I'm right, so we're just gonna roll with that. And when you go with like those machines, the EP, uh, what are they called, the EMP EVP, machines or whatever, yeah. uh, EVP, like it's kind of similar to me as like when they say playing a record backwards, mm-hmm. you know, like to me, you can oh, yeah. you can implant Paranoia. it saying anything you can, because if you're looking for yeah. patterns, you're gonna find patterns, absolutely. Yeah, because I've done my music backwards, and then you could, I guess, you could make the argument like, well, maybe there was an entity and you didn't know it was attached to, but I'm like, no man, because it's not clear words. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing as when you hear someone from another room, you're like, what'd you say? And then you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. oh okay. Yeah. Like, cause you didn't, you caught a brief of it and then your brain is putting it together. Oh, you, know yeah. what I mean? you heard a, a certain sound that sounds like this word. And now that's how people, and that's just a similar thing. And I'm not saying it's, it's false. You know what I mean? Because we don't know. I, I I look at it as information that it's possible. But if you're going, no, it's for sure mm-hmm. saying this. And I have heard a bunch of different ones where there is some crazy stuff where you hear it and you're like, oh, man, yeah. that's pretty, you know, that's pretty legible. And, and you have no reason to lie to me. But it's not as much as people say. And what if the reason why and when you're talking about this collectiveness, maybe we're a lot of people argue that we're, you know, have detached from the earth, maybe spiritually. And there was maybe at other senses we had, oh, yeah. you know, before. And now with technology and the separation of each other, that maybe that's why these ghost stories that from the 1800s and you're hearing people uh, talk about things that like, oh, man, did you know, you know, like you were saying, the barber is screwing mm-hmm. the, the lady down the street or whatever. They know this information because they were connected still and now that we're not connected it's just like yeah. we're grabbing Those at straws hoping that something they, sticks. they feel paranormal but to like our ancestors they'd be like oh yeah well duh of course that would happen um i know i think <laughs> yeah. there's something to that that concept absolutely i think um you know when we we talk about historically the especially in the Americas, we used to have this role as, of the shaman, and it used to be the, you know, we. It's interesting how we we treat that role in modern history because we recognize that they were the healers and that they did know like medicine. They could make plant medicines and you know creams and um, heal. They they had this absolute understanding of you know basic you know put a, a thing on that yada yada yada. They were doctors in that sense. But all that other stuff, all that spiritual hoobadoobabop, ah, that was just made up gobbledygook. <laughs> That's how we, we treat yeah. it. And it's, I, I do think there was absolutely, that was 
and then and from their you know the mouth of the shamans it was an intrinsic part of this you know the famously the ayahuasca uh the first tribes who were using that before it kind of became the the pop drug of south america they were like how did you guys figure this out combining these two plants in the middle of the amazon jungle when there's billions of plants and they're like you know the spirits told us they said use these two <laughs> that was their explanation like duh and so again it would be like us saying i googled it <laughs> you know what i mean it's the same yeah, yeah. kind of reaction they had exactly. and so i do i think this was a um uh, an evolutionary tick where we do share a neural network now, because you see it in in lower order animals like ants and insects, like they essentially share one mind, right? Those are the more basic forms of life. We still see it in fish. We see it all the way up in wolves and shit, where they like can they silently communicate when they're you know hundreds of meters away and shit to sneak up on prey and whatnot. And even in dogs with human owners. They've been studies that show that dogs will know if you're coming home, even if you change up your schedule. If you like decide to come home in the middle of the day, the dog will start reacting. You're heading home, like they they they're tapped in. It's part of their it's basic animal function for a lot of these animals, and we recognize it in science. But it's that take is like a hot take in, when it comes to human beings. Now, there's probably many reasons for that. You know, new age communities. Love to say the internet, five G towers, <laughs> it's the satellites, yeah. whatever you want. Um, but it, it probably has to do in a large part with simple population dynamics. You know what I mean? Like when we do see that in animals, those networks get smaller the larger the animal gets. You know what I mean? Like a tiny school of fish, tiny. <laughs> there's a shit ton of them right if they're tiny fish there's a shit fuck ton of them same thing with insects but the, the larger they get think wasp to ants there's less wasps in a wasp nest than there are ants in an anthill there's less you know salmon in a salmon pod than there are minnows in a fucking pond or whatever you know that, that one might not be true but <laughs> you know what i'm saying you, you get the analogy and so when you get to things like wolves wolf packs aren't really that big whale pods whale pods can be pretty large they can get into the hundreds but when you think of like humans living in cities with millions of people and shit the evolutionary you're just not going to again who knows how that that function actually works but it seems to kind of be drowned out in in the mass of people essentially you have to have a like-minded um goal oriented like so when you're in a wolf pack right those right. wolves are all pretty much like hey we're looking for food we're looking for shelter the necessities it makes it simpler and like you said it's a pack it's not like every single wolf is in mm -hmm. a city and and there is a lot of argument that people have that us being trapped in these cities is what kind of detaches us and then if you add the element of people that want to control people which i think is 
really evident. And nowadays it's, it's just mm. a power struggle that we constantly see. I think that separated people. And then like, now we're in this whole age of instant gratification and like, yeah. you know, I need this now. So we're more self-absorbed. Even me, myself, sometimes I can be self-absorbed not unintentionally, mm. right? Like we, we, we just kind of like, well, what, what's going on in my life? But if you were like in a small tribe and you had to survive with those people, now it becomes instinct and you have to, in my opinion, like that's how you would develop something of that nature because now it becomes your survival. Yeah. And I think now that we our survival has become a little different, maybe some would say easier depending on how you look at it. Um, maybe more mental, I would think, but who knows? I mean, when a tiger's uh, chasing after you, I'm pretty sure that's pretty mental, man. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure, well, sure you're not having a great I, day. But I also think a large portion of it does happen. It, it, it has to be social as well. Like, I do think you can probably develop, like, again, I think anyone knows, like, uh, there's a word for it, couples couples thought where you think the exact same thing as your romantic partner like you say the same thing at the same you know finish each other's sentences it's the whole fucking trope yeah, yeah, yeah um and then of course you have it in family members as well how often have you there's millions of stories of, of people you know saying i knew my sister was in danger i knew whatever yada 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 i just had to call them yada 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 and so i do think there it is a, a time over familiarity equation at some point um the same mm -hmm. place even at like a, a workplace if there's a high turnover at a workplace there's no chance to develop a neural network and that's how you get fucking mcdonald's <laughs> and everyone hates each other yeah. and everyone's having a shitty time and the food's bad and everything sucks um and then yeah. if you do have you know good uh, a good workplace which rare these days um but it, it happens rare. every once in a while where you know people stay on and always seems to be everybody else's <laughs> job except mine but <laughs> hey, we're out there but but honestly but to say that you can make i can make anything good man like that's what i looked at the oh, approach yeah. i've worked up with plenty of miserable people i'm just like going to it i'm yeah, gonna make it a good got time because i'm trying to have fun man miserable yeah mm -hmm. yeah um doesn't stop a lot of people uh, but yeah, yeah, I think these this, this whole concept that um, you know these uh, these psychological, psychedelic, post physical, paranormal. <laughs> let's call them. Let's go ahead and call it paranormal things. Um, they're intrinsically linked to to us, and that's that's consistent with the you know human throughout humanity. There's never not been a time period where we've been writing stories about weird paranormal shit happening, something reaching beyond our physical realm and, and interacting with us. And again, we know that can happen to the individual. We call it hallucinations. <laughs> um, it gets weirder when it gets onto the, the those larger group sightings and things like that. But it gets less weird if you consider we are linked like that. And so if there is this this collective neural network, I do think it it solves a lot of these mysteries in, in some aspect. Uh, now again, still a lot <laughs> still a lot to be uh examined there still a heavy need for evidence 
But as far as theories go, and again, this isn't me. This is back to Carl Jung. This isn't totally crazy shit. John Mack in the UFL realm's been kind of saying the same thing for a minute. Um, though he's often misinterpreted. There there clearly is reality is is bendable by human consciousness. And we have to share our realities <laughs> with everybody else. And so again, it, it becomes a problem when your reality no longer melds with with the reality of everybody else and i get fucking drugs man not these good ones i'm smoking right <laughs> here but the ones that come in a pill from a doctor <laughs> those ones yeah. radical or, or the crystal ones the crystal or ones, the crystal ones some of those bootleg psychedelics <laughs> also can get you man be, be careful out there um always use a friend and uh yeah be safe test your shit Buddy, buddy system and test your shit you can get the what's the fuck what's the thing called the there's like yeah get and the stuff. fentanyl testing shit man we, we've all lost somebody at this point probably if you're me multiple people test your shit um yeah if you're gonna do it yeah, do, do, it, it, right. do it right um, and don't like... so anyways <laughs> there is um clearly a person can be disconnected entirely from that network. Uh, now, if we believe religious texts and shit like that, it's possible to completely tap into that network too. Um, again, who knows for sure? <laughs> That's going to be the quote of this. this I, I think there's there. I think there's like breadcrumbs. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, Maybe. it's just a shrugging Shrug emoji. emoji. I love it. <laughs> Halloween episode, <laughs> something yeah. shrug about <laughs> It's because we want to be scared. Like, I mean, you see, you've heard comedians say that in plenty of times. They're like, "Man, that's first world problems, man." You don't see them in third world countries or countries that are constantly at war. They're not going to watch horror movies. You know, they're not looking at the new Halloween, uh, Michael Myers, Jason, because they see mm. that every day. They see the fear. They're not looking for fear, and maybe it's us chasing something that we're missing because our primal instincts of running from predators and hiding from predators, maybe that there's this primal instinct in us that's, and some people have it stronger than others that maybe they need to be scared. Like me personally, I don't like being scared, oh, man. Like people go, Hey, you want to go through one of those fake haunted houses? Like, I'm like, no, nah, man. Cause I don't like people touching me and grabbing me. I'm just not really into all that, but I'm like, that's me though. Like that's yeah. me. You can't enjoy it. See, go, I, like to be, I, I like to be scared. <laughs> I love a scary movie, a haunted house. I like, traveling through a risky area of a foreign country like even that like well see I that like i don't mind see like that kind of stuff is is adventurous it's fun it's like because to me also i like i go through different cities i mean i haven't been crazy out of the country but i just think of it as like man i'm not gonna allow my mind to go there so nothing's gonna happen to me man i've been in some crazy situations all my life and nothing's happened and i believe it's because i keep that mindset of like nothing's gonna happen man i have I'm good, man. I'm putting out good energy. There's no way I'm going to get 
hit by something because I have this good energy. And I feel like if I bring that energy every time, then it's going to incorporate with where I'm at and it's going to change my uh, surrounding. It's also going to be how I approach it. So it's not just me thinking and wishing and manifesting. It's me putting into action. Like if I am at a bar or I'm at somewhere and somebody's giving me a dirty look, I'm not going to be like, what are you looking at? I'm going to go over there, engage with them and be like, hey, how's it going, man? You know, make them know that I'm friendly, that I'm not uh, maybe I look like someone you think or someone that made you mad or <laughs> someone that did you wrong. I'm letting you know that's not me and this is who I am. And now I offer you uh, and nine times out of 10 that works. Now, is there every t- every oh, now yeah. and then is there some guy you just got to like walk away from? Yeah. But for the most part, in my experience, they're usually from Serbia. Those guys don't know how to take a break, <laughs> man. Relax. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. But usually the dirty hippie routine work, work, gets work. me by pretty good, man. No one's like, that guy's got money. Let's <laughs> kidnap him. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll pass on that. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, again, but at the same time, not, not really interested in like ever jumping out of an airplane. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people skydive and they're on the bucket. I'm like, ah, I've been on a lot of planes. See, that's me. I, I've been, I've bungee jumping. I just want to skydive. It's not like I'm afraid of heights, but I have a healthy respect for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know I'm yeah. just one fucking slip up from being fucked here. <laughs> I, I respect that. Yeah, I'm not crossing that boundary. Um, at the same time, I love like an open ocean voyage and for a lot of people that's the most fucking terrifying thing and so again it's the the idea of fear and terror and, and these things i think they are they are the true gateway drug to paranormal experience um because that's pretty consistent among most i you know i, I talked about having um you know fun and and creating a jovial environment creates a better ghost hunt but at that same time, there's always the flip. In that environment, you do have to wait for the flip where something weird happens and everyone gets so kind of fucking quiet. Shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that moment, that intense flip is honestly what I think creates more legitimate phenomena. If you go in and you're already trying to be a little spooked out and then you're like, you're like, trying to find a needle in a haystack but if you're having a good time you're like yeah maybe it's real maybe it's not whatever and then boom 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 you hear some shit you're like oh fuck and then you have the the shit and then there's more potential because more people believe it's real and then in that confined environment we're sharing a subconscious at this point because we've had a bonding experience again we talked about the familiarity part of it having that bonding experience first and then being in that, that confined environment and having some weird shit happen—that's that's when it starts to to brew itself. I really think, um, and through it's kind of like a comedian going on stage and getting exactly. that laugh. You know, it's it becomes that adrenaline rush that you're chasing. It's just like chasing any kind of high. And I think the same thing happens for not just paranormal, but any researcher that is getting validated. Mm-hmm. You get that rush of 
people like where you're like, oh man, I, I'm on to something or, or you're getting that energy. And I think that mm-hmm. then you're chasing it after a while. And so most, I think most, you know, chronically haunted places, the one consistent play, thing I've found about them across the U.S. and across the globe is a spooky ass story. <laughs> There's always some kind of weird macabre, whether it's true crime or paranormal in its origin or dates back to Native American legend, whatever it is. And a lot of times the better ones have multiple of those stories where there's a a Native American legend and then there's a colonial legend and then there's the modern legends. And then um, there's a, I love one. My favorite one is when it caps off with a UFO (laughs) encounter in modern era. And there's a few of these locations. Pascagoula, Mississippi is a good one. Singing River where um, the first, paranormal recordings of this was from the french governor of louisiana back in like the 1600s and he stayed camping on this river and he heard this ghostly song and according to what he wrote he asked his native guides like what's up with this like ghost song like what the fuck is this spooky ass chant i'm hearing and they were like oh that's the ghosts of this one tribe they were going to war with the biloxis who are these famous warrior tribe and they knew they were going to be massacred so instead of being enslaved they decided to march into the the river and drown themselves and this is their funeral song and ever since you can hear this funeral song on the river and for hundreds of years people heard that shit And in the 70s, two dudes were fishing on that same stretch of river and got abducted by aliens in one of the best recorded abduction cases, the Pascagoula encounter. Aliens, not like your greys, but tall metal. They had cone heads and ears. It was bizarre, super high strangeness encounter. And they like went to the police right afterwards and were like, the fuck? We got zapped by a flying thing. We saw this weird shit. My buddy passed out and um the police try to catch them in the lie they put a, a recorder in the room um which they didn't know about and they were like we'll we'll catch them like corroborating their story and planning their shit yeah and they just said they were just sitting in the room shaking terrified the whole time and so it's one of these better abduction scenarios but again it happens at this this hot spot um the, the subject of my second book, The uh, Place Between Time and Space. Check it out. Um, it takes place at this this house in Jacksonville, north of Jacksonville, Florida, where famously haunted house. And it's it's like a mini Winchester house. It's built with this really bizarre architecture. It's built like a medieval castle. It's in the middle of this top of this hill which was a burial, an Indian burial mound. <laughs> like, it's got all the tropes, dude. The, all, the owners died before they moved in, and it became this famous haunted house. And in the 70s, this family moves in, and they find this big metal sphere, and it becomes the Bet Sphere, and it becomes this popular UFO story. J. Allen Hynek gets involved. Like, it's national news before the family goes quiet. Mysteriously, they just shut up and stop talking about it fascinating story check out the book the whole rundown there's some weird government connections to some shit um including those modern ufo videos seem to be directly tied to this island weird shit that my government might be responsible for that one but either way it's consistent with this this archetype the mothman sightings 
that land in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is famously cursed by Chief Cornstalk, who was murdered by the settlers, early settlers in the region. And he laid like this really biblical-esque curse on the fucking land. And there's all kinds of weird haunting stories long before Mothman. Same thing with a lot of the, like, a lot of the crying bridges and stuff like that. You know, they all have, there's, well, like four or five different crying bridges or maybe even more in the United States. You know, they all have their different lure, you know, like some of them, they're like, you know, there's these mothers and they were throwing their babies over there. So it's these crying babies and which I'm open to the possibility. But like you said, it's always the hotspot that there's always multiple things. And then I'm like, was it all these intentions are there? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that why you're bringing all these bad intentions, whether it be, you know, a cultic ritual or a murder. And then there's the com- combination of a UFO sighting was there. A murder was there. Uh, a cultic ritual was there. Like you said, an ancient curse or all these things all in one spot. And then I'm like, well, maybe just it's so much bad intention. Cause I have this, this thought of like, when we die or we pass on, it's like, what I want to die, yeah, not yeah. right now, obviously, but when I, I do, eventually. I want it to be good energy. <laughs> yeah, eventually. I want it to be good energy because I feel like when we pass away and it's the energy that we're combined with, if we're full of love and enthusiasm and empathy and just like wanting to care more for people i believe that goes back into the and and the more people that pass on that way you see the world that's when we go through a cycle of good times but when we have a bunch of power struggles and people are dying miserable and and you know like not knowing what not feeling fulfilled ever in life i feel like that energy also goes into the world and that's when we're in these darks or dark times or you know the dark ages that's something that like i've been pondering a lot about because i think it makes sense because when we have you see it when you like we were saying earlier if you go into uh, an establishment and there's two positive people they can you know change their aspect especially if they're really focused in their uh learned a lot about themselves that they're not going to allow themselves to fall for the negativity Mm -hmm. around them. Right. They can change the room. Those two people can now make that whole place lively and bring people out of their shells. Now it can also happen reverse, but that's why I'm thinking like, why wouldn't that happen with our soul or whatever we call it or the energy that we are? Cause if energy can't be destroyed, Mm -hmm. right. You know, energy just goes back into it. So to me, it would make sense to go back into the world. And that's why we see these phases of where everybody's happy back then. Well, maybe that's because people learn to connect with themselves and they were living fulfilled lives. So when they passed on, it went back into the, that energy went back. But now that we have all this, not because of technology to me it's because of governments and power struggles we have these hard times of living which it's not it's just that we're stuck in that mindset of like man inflation it's not that these aren't real problems it's just that there's no solution or feeling fulfillment like i tell people all the time they always ask me like how do you talk about cultic stuff or all these rituals sometimes or all the different things i talk about and then i'm like you watch sports so i'm like yeah i love football man (laughs) and i was like it's (laughs) <laughs> yeah you guys smoked us man raiders got God, smoked we're shit guys, this year we wait like wait for the rematch we're fucking garbage man I'm <laughs> <laughs> but to me football is about more than just watching like i love the sport but like it's not going to ruin my life you know what i'm saying like it's not going to ruin my day like to me it's fun to go hang out with my friends and my family and have something that we all know about 
like you said, it gives us like that bonding mm-hmm. mechanism. And I think that as humans, we like that. We need that in some sense, whether it's music, sports. So I don't care what, like even movies. And so, oh man, what about all those symbols in the movies? Whether they're there or not, it doesn't affect me because I'm not mm-hmm. letting it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I get that some of these powerful people believe in, you know, Baphomet and they believe in these occultic rituals that I don't know if they're real or not real, but I do know that they believe them, but it has no effect on me because it's not going to change my life because I'm able to think for myself. I'm not going to allow their negative energy to ever affect me. And I think that's what the mindset I would hope that more people could get to. Unfortunately, it does seem like it's kind of going against that. You know, I even made the joke at the start, like some ghost hunters are going to turn this off because I said demons are fake. (laughs) Yeah, butt cheeks tight. Uh, like it's like <laughs> again this this uh, recognition that you know the the efforts of of humanity are just that. You know what I mean? The 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 fact that we in this modern era and it's a side effect of the information age, right? Now we have infinite information. What do we do with it? Well, we got to decide what's good and what's bad. <laughs> <laughs> what's good information mm-hmm. who's and right and who's wrong information. <laughs> and that's just a fallacy in itself it's not gonna that's just not how information works <laughs> and so uh, you're you're coming upon that i think uh, especially a lot these days and especially a lot in the, the conspiratorial realm because you know how do you get more flat earthers <laughs> you gotta have no other outside yeah. friends <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you gotta have no one to be like, hey, guy, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> Careful, man. There's gonna be someone right now I'm listening. Sorry. Come at me. They've They're already the done. They've, you've already come at me. The, the hordes of flat earthers. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's some great, I got some friends that are flat earthers that like, I like, see, me personally, I like when you come with something that's a different, like, I don't have to agree with it. But when you come from a different angle, my whole problem with it at times is that people speak on it with the same parroted messages that they've heard you know it's like okay dave weiss like that's all you're saying is the same regurgitated and it's these talking heads so i'm like well what's the difference i thought to me this whole conspiratorial world you know this whole red pill blue pill all these things this new terminology is is kind of weird to me because to me we didn't call ourselves conspiracy theorists we didn't call ourselves anything we're just like hey man you see this crazy thing about this paranormal thing hey you've seen this thing about bigfoot hey you've seen this government document like we were just looking at documentaries looking poking at through things seeing like man this is interesting and i always thought we were supposed to be critical thinkers like i thought it was a group of critical thinkers but what's happening is people with the age of, of information and being able to have social media and me and you being having had this conversation through technology is great but it's also bad because humans get absorbed into this influence and they like to be the gatekeeper of knowledge and that they are the one that has the correct information. And the only way to get that information is to listen to them and follow step-by-step what they're saying. When to me, it's more of an open book. Like I love talking to people. There's people I talk to people that, you know, have not just paranormal experiences or had experiences with Bigfoot or have had people talk about, you know, they, they are able to, um, go through their, use their mind with ESG and, and see stuff and, and solve crimes or, mm-hmm. or, or and what's very possible. And then we do know that there's government experiments and that there uh, has been plenty of documentation to it. So I see that there is definitely 
a possibility, but my own problem with any of these subjects or what gets me, you know, gets people like we say, butt cheeks tight or man. And I'm clinching my cheeks hard, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean, when you got those people clinching their cheeks is because you're challenging them. You're telling them, Hey, maybe demons mm-hmm. aren't real. Maybe they are fake. Maybe there's something totally of your subconscious or who knows, but you're challenging the idea, which I think is what we're supposed to do as human beings is constantly challenge these ideas to figure it out like people challenge me all the time and and i understand the first reaction of pushing back right when you've studied mm-hmm. something for so long and you've seen it from a, of a certain way you have to push back though a little bit and go go away from the subject and then come back and listen to what the person was telling you and then keep it with an open mind i'll never forget i think i repeated this on the show before i worked with this guy uh, Omero, which is spanish for homer mm-hmm. it was always cracked me up because his name was homer and his profession was a bender. He was bending stuff. So I kind of always uh, tripped me out. But he told me, he was like, I've been doing this on the press big for 50 years. You are fresh eyes, man. I've been doing it the same way for 50 years. Do not hesitate to tell me something that you think that I could do better because I'm not going to see it because I've been doing it the same way every day oh, yeah. for 50 years. You are seeing a whole different perspective. And I think that's how we need to approach all these subjects. Oh, yeah. No, I, again, it's the the lack of people willing to do that. You know what I mean? I'm, uh, I've, I've spent the last few months reading books by people who I, I genuinely disagree with on many of their, their points, but like, you know, you gotta know, like you gotta know both sides of, of the, the argument or you don't know the argument. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate that it's, kind of a, a side effect speaking of the books the antichrist book i'm reading right now which is by some biblical professor i don't give a shit uh, <laughs> but it's it's just a historical perspective on like the following you know the the american history of the antichrist um and it's yeah it's dense and it's got its biblical shit but it it, the the main point is that these two short passages in the bible have been extrapolated to the point where you and i i don't even have to describe what an antichrist is everyone knows exactly what the fuck i'm talking about we've seen the omen we've seen the movies it's such a an ingrained part of our our culture and so when you have things like that, you know, they're, they're designed to attract people to a social group, right? You know, you're that guy's the bad guy. We're the good guys. Come hang out with us. And that is consistently the basis of most human arguments and logic, (laughs) whether, whether or not we realize it, we can definitely get caught up. Even intellectual people can get caught up and be like, well, it's this, that they believe it because this, but no, no, no. They, they think. Especially when it attaches an emotional string, like when it's something that, um, like for instance, when someone starts a foundation, every time someone Mm -hmm. starts a foundation, it's because it affected them, right? Like, Hey, my kid had this cancer or my mom, my dad, like you, that's why you started that thing. It's the same concept mm-hmm. though. You know, they, when you give them an emotional reaction, they're going to 
turn off their critical brain and be like, Hey man, this happened to the same kind of person mm-hmm. that I am, right? Like race, religion, whatever you put in place of that. So they're going to have this emotional attachment and people know that. And I think it's interesting as well. You were bringing up like the movies. There's a lot of people in this uh, realm as well that will talk about movies and uh, them soft disclosure and stuff. And I'm like, well, what do you think the antichrist is now you can interpret it your own way. Like, are they soft disclosing that there is an antichrist or are they soft disclosing that they want you to think that there's this ultimate evil that if you don't do what I say, then you're stuck. And I, this is one thing I always mention. I'm sure a lot of people have heard me say it. That's why my fit. One of my favorite movies is movie Eli, because it's the perspective of how powerful not saying that the Bible is fake or anything like that. I think it could be a useful tool. It's I've read it plenty of times. And like, I think there is some great stuff in there and there's oh, even yeah. some paranormal things that are possible from, from that. And you know, there's some great ideas, but to not to ignore the fact that someone can use those and, and man wrote it, whether it first came from God or not, but oh, man yeah. wrote it. And then people wouldn't use it to manipulate people. It's obvious in my, in my view, you're going to use that as mm-hmm. a weapon because you're like, if you don't do this, you go to, you go to the fireplace. And that means, you, you know, you need to do what I say. Then it becomes to these rules, this authoritarian like aspect of it. And that's why I've always pushed back against the church. I think it's good for people. Like some people, I think that they need that, something to go to. But I think in general, we need to be on our own search of building and becoming a better person because just going to church or just reading the Bible does not inherently make you a better person. You have to actually work on those things. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people believe that, hey, this is like a quick fix. It's like uh, people that are like, hey, I'm going to eat all the bad food, but I'm going to take this diet pill and and, and not do any exercise and I'm going to lose weight. It's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. So people go to church expecting like, Hey, I can do whatever I want. I could be a jackass and asshole to anybody and say anything to them because, Oh, my sins are forgiven, but that's not how it works because you're not actually making yourself a better person. You're putting this facade on that puts it out in the exterior is that I'm a good person, but then you're doing all the bad stuff and then you're judging the people for doing bad stuff. So it's, it's something that I think we need to really explore as human beings. It's not the religion. It's this, this, hive mind that we get into when we get into any group when we get into certain groups for some reason we get into mm-hmm. a hive mind and then we don't want to lose our place or lose our friends or lose our families look yeah, at Scientology exactly. man you lose your whole family and I think if you go into anything and you know that hey I could be wrong or I don't have all the answers and all I can do is make a better version of me every day I think if we implement those that's how we come to more truths it's not about arguing hey is there paranormal real or not i don't know i've seen some crazy stuff and it's possible and i've heard some great stories that i know these people aren't lying now what is it that can be up to debate and that's what we need to be able to is debate about it because if we can't then it's like well what the hell are we even talking about yeah, for? <laughs> absolutely and, um, and it's unfortunate that especially in the the sticking with the ghost hunting round but most of the paranormal rounds that the the biblical stuff has become an an uh, antithesis to most of the the parent. It, it shuts it down. It's demons, right? You're at the worst. It's demons, and you're terrible for interacting with it. And at the best, it's Zach Baggins' Ghost Adventures. Fucking, I'm saving the ghosts from the demons, and yeah. it, it gets you know, silly and ridiculous. And 
And you get like Stormy Daniels hunting ghosts. Yeah, and, uh, got, hey, man, <laughs> don't talk shit about her. I want to get her on the magazine. <laughs> Let's do it. The hey, Stormy Daniels edition. Wait for forget. it. Paranormalitymag.com. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be a would great be a good one, man. I'm saying, I'm trying, I'm working yeah. over here, all right? I was just, I was just playing, I was just playing. Uh, but, you know, again, it's, it, it, of course, I'm of two minds of it, because you've, I've kind of been shit-talking them the entire time, the whole concept of ghost hunting, but I still go out and do it every weekend how does that work well it works because those people actually do believe that shit and so it's it's kind of a catch-22 i you know i wouldn't really be able to do the research i do without these subcultures and these subgroups and again the skeptical explanation is that these subgroups are delusional end point and you can kind of see that again, whether it's Scientologists or people who have conflicting views of the Earth's shape. I won't say it. It's hollow, you fuckers, though. I'll, I'll argue to the death, man. I proved it once. I'll prove it again. <laughs> Challenge me. We'll do it on this show. <laughs> um, anytime. Anything. It's hollow. It's round and it's hollow. I can prove it. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, no, but the, you can see this, perhaps it is purely, you know, delusional, except the paranormal part of it is when something physical happens, whether it's uh, something moving on its own, something, um, you know, uh, a, a disincarnate voice. Most again, we were talking about most EVPs are bullshit. Again, there there are instances where it's legit. Um, orbs, again, ninety nine point nine. I'm gonna put a point nine on that one because I watch a lot of that shit. It's bugs. I live in Florida, man. I can't take a video outside anywhere without getting orbs. It's a fucking bug. Okay, <laughs> sometimes it's dust. A lot of times it's bugs. Um, but they're the ones when it's visual to the eye, when you can actually see it. I've, I've seen some ghost orbs. I've been out to Marfa, Texas, where they, they have the Marfa lights. Man, I saw a shit ton of those fuckers. <laughs> There's certainly something out there, man. I don't know what it is, but those lights are real. They're like, it's a thing. Um, we went to Brown Mountain too in uh, North Carolina, and I didn't see one, but uh, my girlfriend, my partner, she saw one of the Brown Mountain lights. She saw this orb of light rise out. And again, if it's visual like that, emitting its own light, something weird. I don't know what it is, but it's definitely something that's not normal. It's paranormal. <laughs> and so yeah. there are these occurrences that happen within these you know, group scenarios. And so it's the same that occurred during the um, seance period, um, where, again, most of those seances were fucking debunked, but they're not all of them. There's a good amount. Again, back in that encyclopedia of consciousness, Jeffrey Mishlove, there's tons of examples of scientists at the time attending seances, trying to debunking, it, doing it with the lights on and shit and being like, well, fuck me sideways. Wow, that was weird. Like, I can't 
explain how they did that. And so there are, again, there's these outliers and the outliers are, they are that they are outliers. There is this aspect of high strangeness and it's something that has kind of been a, uh, a, a keynote of a lot of paranormal research, especially for me and some others in the field, the weirder ones are kind of the more believable ones in a lot of, of cases where if it has some of the more outlandish aspects that would make, you know, your traditional believer be like, I'm not going to touch this. There's actually probably something to that. Jeff the Talking Mongoose, to tie it back to him. There's tons of examples of where that little fucker was spot on with his disincarnate information van. It's one of the weirdest cases out there. That's where I'll record it. It's just like a score of other poltergeist cases where, you know, police constables, local politicians and shit, like, showed up to the farmhouse and were like, where's this fucking ghost? And the ghost was like, hey, Fuck you. <laughs> it's going to be a good Simon <laughs> Pegg movie. I'm sure of it. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, these are consistent. Again, these cases, most of them are freaky, creepy, weird, but not always. You do have these, these high strangeness outliers. UFO cases are full of it. Um, there's this one instance where Jacques Vallée went out to this UFO landing and it was like, a four hour drive in the middle of nowhere. And he had to go up like on this like weird hike for another like three hours or whatever. And he got to this spot where this UFO landed and there was this impression, but there was also a stack of pancakes and the steam was still coming off of them. And he was like, I looked it up, man. The nearest diner was fucking a hundred miles. It was like something ridiculous. Like there was no way those could have been there. And so these kind of like key markers of of reality bending physics, I think, are the, uh, the there's something noteworthy. I always pay a little extra attention when I, I hear something like that about a case, because it, it does seem to be that 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 has an effect. And it's also those details that are not likely to be made up <laughs> you know what i mean like a lot of times yeah. people are uh telling a story and it's it's kind of at that point now especially with the alien shit where if it's a little gray alien i'm almost, kind of calling bullshit <laughs> because yeah. most of the good famous encounters if you think back and you look at the famous encounters we already talked about Pascagoula. That was a bunch of metal cone-headed weirdos. Betty and Barney Hill, they were abducted by human beings before they saw anything that was alien-like. Um, they were, like, escorted out of the car by people and took aboard a flying saucer with people. And then there were some weird entity alien-like things aboard there. But it was mostly fucking people. Um the uh Travis Walton also reported like Nordics and like a weird bug creature as well as gray aliens. They were only kind of like side parts of the the note. I believe he noted some dudes with short like dwarfs with red hair. That might not be him. That might be another case. I might be mixing up my cases. But again, most of these ones that have the more bizarre circumstances where there's you know, outside witnesses, there's 
really good circumstances. They are so far beyond strange and incomprehensible where clearly those people were experiencing something that was borderline psychedelic. Now, again, those cases are good examples because something physical happened to him. Well, fucking Travis Walton was gone for seven days. He was missing. And six dudes saw him get zapped by a UFO. Like it wasn't, it was, it's again, considered the best case. Um, And there's been people out there who've tried to prove it to be a fraud. But again, it's their, their proof is a conspiracy theory. They're like, okay, this guy was doing this. And then this guy did this. And somehow all six of them still passed the lie detector test. (laughs) So yeah, again, whatever. See, I think like what you were saying earlier, you were saying like, oh, well, you know, people may take it as you're dogging on them. Right. Or as the paranormal research, I think, and even with aliens and all that, I think what it is is that it's saturated. Mm-hmm. We're saturated with everybody, and they're more now. It's like how you look at like music. Uh, you, you see it's saturated in country music, pop music, hip hop. You, you know, I mean, uh, hip hop always gets mm-hmm. to blame for everything, but it, it's all the music is because there's a lot of money behind it, and people go, "Hey, what's he singing about? We should do that. Hey, we should sound like that guy." And the mm-hmm. same thing happens in the paranormal world, in the mm-hmm. conspiratorial world. And in and, and all these little places, they see someone, oh, man, this guy became successful like this. I need to emulate that. Exactly what he did. And that's where we get the more, like, crazy animated people like, oh, man, you see? Oh, hold on. Tune yeah, in yeah. To the, after the commercial. And, we, you can and, see and so I do want to say I'm not saying that I don't believe that there's any validity of the gray alien motif or anything like that. But it's the because I actually have a great example from South Africa, from Namibia. And stop me if I told this story already on this show. Uh, not this episode. I might have told the I don't other think so. episode. Um, the, well, it was over a year ago, so I there we go. Remember, so Flying snake of Namibia. <laughs> so there's this legend of this. Um, so they, they very much we talked about the ghost lights in Marfa. A lot of desert reason regions have these orbs of light. Um, and they follow cars around and do weird shit. In modern times, they're often associated with UFOs. And Namibia, they've got one of these lights, nowadays is associated with UFOs. Back in the colonial days, just like with the Marfa lights, they were associated with colonial ghosts. They would be you know, a woman in white in Namibia. Uh, the Marfa lights were Aztec ghosts in uh, colonial lore here in the U.S., um, guarding their gold treasures. Um, but in Namibia, they have the same ghost woman story. But in this one region, they have the same ghost lights, but it's this flying snake. The, re- the people report seeing this flying snake that has this giant glowing light on its forehead. So when you see it from a distance, it looks like an orb of light. But when it gets close, it's a fucking snake. <laughs> and it's like kind of like a king cobra, and its face flaps are wings. Um, but it behaves well. Let me say the behavior and, and tell me if it sounds familiar. First, it has this heat about it. Smoke comes out of its nostrils. It will leave scorch marks on the ground and on trees and things that flies past. Um, but its most noted behavior is that it latches on to livestock and leaves these perfectly burned holes in the side of its neck, these cauterized circles, and drains it of all blood. Sucks all the blood out and flies fucking away. 
And dozens of sheep farmers throughout the years in this region have been like, the fucking flying snake killed it. And they have these sheeps with these cauterized wounds. And so, again, it lines up with cattle mutilations, chupa fucking cobras. <laughs> um, the scorch marks line up with UFOs and UFO behavior. It burns treetops and things. But it also lines up with the ancient stories of dragons. <laughs> It's a, it's essentially a Chinese dragon in fucking Namibia that's been reported for hundreds of years. And so, it, again, it shows, I think, through the bulk of the information age, back to that, as shitty as it is in a lot of ways, psychologically for the individual, it's still a pretty good benefit to the researcher. And through the bulk of this research, it shows that these phenomenon are they're part of the human condition. And so it does look like there is a more consciousness based angle at play here than say aliens from a different planet. <laughs> as unfortunate as that may sound, or dead people from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> Again, as unfortunate yeah. as that must sound. That one has always been just shit in logic anyways. Why are they always civil war ghosts? Like we didn't kill a bunch of Native Americans everywhere too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's because the good guy, bad guy theory. So the who was the bad guy? Did the bad guy stay? Was it them? Or maybe it's just no, uh, it's because we've got those stories. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> That's part of it. It's possible. It definitely is a hell of a drug. <laughs> uh, but again, I think it's those stories. And so those stories are your your kickoff, your first little hit of, of psychedelic. And again, it, well, you know, we're in our modern age with our TV and shit. We forget that the story is still a psychedelic experience. Because we associate it now more with TVs where it's outsidely visual. But, you know, back in the day, we were hanging out at campfires telling legends of gods and shit. Like, you had to picture that shit yeah. in your head. <laughs> and so that that is a psychedelic experience. And so that same mechanism's at play when you go to a haunted place and you hear a spooky-ass story. And so... I, I think that's what attributes you're expecting to see a, uh, a a civil war ghost, just like the colonial people who were new to Namibia were expecting to see ghosts. So they saw ghosts. People today, modern Namibians, see UFOs. But people in this specific region that hasn't been colonized too much. And it's interesting. There's still white settlers there who have done some shit. And they still report losing sheep to the fucking flying snake. They're like, I've seen it. So it ties back into what we were talking about with the sharing that neural network. But again, apparently that that one region, for whatever reason, this phenomenon takes on that appearance when it's it's physically perceived. And so what's behind it though? Again, the the skeptic might hear everything I'm saying and be like, bravo, you've disproven it all. That's exactly what I believe. Well, hold up, buddy, because the sheep are still fucking dead. <laughs> you know, the trees yeah, are yeah. still burnt. The, you know, the ghosts are still fucking like doors still open by themselves. And fucking glasses move in weird cases. Things stack well, on their also, own. Also, 
it's how we perceive. It's also how we perceive things, right? Like our eyes are putting together uh, from the information we're getting through our other senses oh, and yeah. trying to piece together what we're seeing. And I think when we have this nostalgia and these stories that, uh, a lot of the times is because you heard it mm-hmm. as a kid, right? And my grandpa told, was interested in this, or I used to watch it with my friends about uh, late night shows about Bigfoot, like I used to, and that's why I'm mm-hmm. interested in it. Still, is because I had the spark of like, man, this is interesting. Is it something? But I left it open, and I think that we're we're kind of leaving it more open. Some people, but yeah, there's then there's the skeptic side of where like you're they're cheering you on. It's like no, no, no. Well, I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. all bullshit, man. I'm just saying there's this saturation right now sometimes for many different reasons, and we could break it down. We could have a whole episode of breaking down the reasons, but really, what's happening is there's a saturation, and it's getting a kernel of truth and stretching it, or they're just making off from their nostalgia or what they want to see. That doesn't discredit some of these stories. Something oh, yeah. happened. But I feel like since their sides are polarized, the same thing they do in politics, it seems like we've become this creature that has to polarize these topics instead of just talking about them. It's like, look, I, I'm not saying they can't be demons. Mm-hmm. They can be. It's possible because I don't know. But when you say it only can be this – and you're not exploring, like you said earlier, if you're not seeing both sides of the argument, you don't know oh, yeah. the argument. And I, I, again, it's this, the, the, there's clearly something occurring in these, these instances, right? And again, there's all these debates and different perspectives. None of them necessarily are wrong. A, again, in this biocentric perspective that are, we, we are generating reality not only as individuals, but as groups, which, again, as we've been discussing, seems to be the case here. Um, now, what causes that exactly is something that would be really, really difficult to study, but would be really worthwhile. Um, yeah. But again, these, the the slight fractions the misinterpret i mean without getting into any details we all know very well right now people are willing to blow each other up over slightly different versions of essentially the same story (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's it's, realities are again they're they're hyperly individual but also that fact has definitely been, you know, monopolized against us. And I think it's unfortunate. I think it's, uh, I hate to sound super hippy-dippy, but legalized psychedelic. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I think a a psychedelic initiation ritual kind of served as a um, buffer for this in more ancient societies, which would prevent a lot of this kind of crazy shit <laughs> from happening. Well, well, reality being subjective and the fact that we're kind of leaning towards more of this like solo mm-hmm. role, which I believe that we're not meant to be alone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of people not just saying, you know, people are married and stuff, but it's like a convenience thing. It's not this connection that you really should oh, yeah. have. It's like something that should be uh, like more, where you're connected with multiple people and that you have this empathy towards them and they can, and you're willing to let them challenge you, which internally lets you be challenged by other people. And you accept that you do not know everything and it's okay to be 
on different sides of, of arguments because you both realize that you don't really fully know. So it's okay that I think this, because this is kind of how I see it yeah. and it's how I see it. But what happens is people get so polarized and pushed to a side, like you're uh, insinuating about what's the uh, conflict, which I did an episode on uh, uh, last week. It's these stories that we hear and you're hearing the same stories over and over, you know, and it, it, it can be correlated not just to that war or the other wars that happen. It also happens in every single group. And it's something with these groups that is people just want to be liked and they oh, want to yeah. be accepted. I think and they'll they'll turn the, the way away from critical thinking or the person like just at work, man, I get I don't just do this on the show, man. I get people mad at work. You know what I mean? Like they say something like we're having a meeting. I'm the, everybody looks at me and they know I'm going to ask a question. They already know I'm going to push back and be like, wait, 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 we got to do what? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just my nature. And I think that there needs to be oh, those yeah. shakers, man, because if we're all just complying, then we're all just going to fall into well, a trap. It, it is unfortunate, you know, because the, I thought there was, and there is, uh, you know, I, I don't want to pigeonhole anyone, but religion should serve as kind of a, a exercise of that. Um, but instead, we kind of moved into this paradigm of, you know, materialism where things are real or they're fake. It's either real or it's fake. And especially within the Internet age, it's ever more now. It's real or it's fake. <laughs> and it sucks because... That's not really how things work. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. And even from, uh, there's a great uh, book that uh, from Dr. Raymond Moody, who's one of the foremost researchers in near-death experience. Um, and this one has nothing to do with any of that. And it's my favorite book by him. And it's called Making Sense of Nonsense. And it's about this theory of nonsense and how he talks about logically how English, but also, you know, materialism and these things have failed us. Because when someone says something is nonsense, it's a dismissal. When actuality, nonsense is a very important logical thing that we use everywhere all the time <laughs> and once you recognize that it makes a lot of the like arguing over those things kind of redundant because here's the point is that it's not it's nonsense we usually say it's fake right but he lists categorically that actual nonsense exists and that's information that doesn't mean anything you know, it's like if I said purple candle, flipple, fripple, doesn't mean shit. That <laughs> doesn't mean anything. But yeah. if we made that, <laughs> if we made that a secret <laughs> code word, yeah, all of a sudden we start to build some lore around that phrase. All right, now all of a sudden it could potentially be something. Um, one of the examples he uses is alchemy. Right, alchemy was just dudes in the dungeons of castles mixing sludges together, making up silly words. But you know what? Now the word uranium actually means something. And it's over. we can now visualize that. You and I can kind of see it. And that is that is kind of the evolution of of nonsense. Initially that was nonsense. And a lot of it still exists as nonsense, as spells and magic incantations. But they were trying to make something out of it it was a placeholder for information 
And he goes in to say, you know, obviously religion. Again, I'm not going to get specific, but think of whatever religion you're not and think about some silly shit they <laughs> believe in. Let's do Scientology. They're easy to take shots at these days. Oh, Zenu. What a, what a silly fucking, what a bunch of silly bullshit, right? What a bunch of nonsense, you might say. <laughs> or two animals and everything. Nope, I'm not going to do that one. Never mind. <laughs> not that. I want to get canceled. <laughs> um, but whatever that story, it's, it might sound nonsensical. But so, let's examine science. Science says the universe started with the Big Bang, that nothingness exploded into everything. That sentence is a contradiction. It's a classic example of nonsense. It's something Dr. Seuss might write to entertain children because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and so it's, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It doesn't mean nothing happened it doesn't mean it's fake information it just means that is a placeholder piece of information and so once you start recognizing nonsense as such as a valuable third category of information you you start to recognize and again this was raymond moody's kind of response of he was a he's a doctor and so his colleagues were like why are you doing this near-death research shit like it's clearly nonsensical like these people are just saying crazy stories they were having a d drug trip because of lack of oxygen why, why are you wasting your time on this nonsense <laughs> that was the thing he kept coming up against non it's nonsense he's like yes but it doesn't mean that doesn't merit study because just because we can't perceive the information from it doesn't mean that someday people won't be able to perceive information from it and that is kind of the the root of paranormal study uh, paranormal research right now i very much like to say is we're in the alchemy stage to use that same prior example one day It'll be chemistry. They'll call it some other shit. It won't be paranormal research or whatever. I'll be like as crazy as a character as fucking Rasputin is. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Barely, not even considered a scientist, a mystic, right? But some of his fellow mystics laid the groundwork for actual fucking science. <laughs> they were actually doing it they actually put the the steps down and now we have a periodic table based off of what was initially nonsense and so that's kind of the the root explanation when it comes to you know that skeptical argument where a lot of it i i hear you i i, I see you i understand exactly what you're saying take some psychedelics and then you'll see what I'm saying where reality is not as stable as you think it is. It's not simply this or that. There's a lot of nonsense in the cracks. <laughs> no, I agree, man. Well said. I think that's like the best note to end on, man. You can't end on a better note, man. Before we get out of here though, can you let everybody know, remind them where they can find the books and find everything yeah, about you? Yeah, follow me on all the social media shit at Chaz of the Dead. Um, no spaces. Uh, and then ChazoftheDead.com, also no spaces. To find all my articles, podcast appearances, um, 
books, Patreons, all that kind of stuff. Check it out. Um, and then, yeah, check out ParanormalityMag.com as well to check all kinds of, of spooky stories, whether it's ghosts, Bigfoots, UFOs, everything in between. Um, and they also monthly print magazines. So if you like to read, like to hold your spooky information in your hand, check that shit out. So, uh, oh, you can use, does this show have a discount code? Oh, we do. Bird killers, man. You can use a, a discount code right away and get yourself a physical copy, man. Cause with the internet breaks one day, man, that you actually have the magazine in your hand to show your children later on. And you know, you can find us at kill the mockingbirds podcast on Instagram and kill the mockingbirds.com. And you know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.